Howdy, y'all. Um, welcome back to Keeping It Brave. This is Annika, your host, and I wanted to go ahead and hop on and give a little bit of a talk before we hop into this next case. So, life update. School went really, really crazy hard for me these last few months, and I haven't really been able to upload anything. With that being said, I also decided that I wanted to go in a different direction. At first, I was kind of editing and worrying about the podcast not sounding good or coming out weird or me saying the wrong things or mixing up cases and stuff. But now, I don't know, I guess I'm just not worried about that. I want this podcast to kind of feel like two best friends hanging out, talking about the law, getting to know each other, um, unless like someone just talking your ear off for a few minutes. So here we are. This is me unedited and let's just hop right into it. So today we're going to be talking about Freda versus California which is docket 422 U.S. 806, um, setting the scene, this is 1975. So here's who's involved. The petitioner, Anthony Pascal Ferretta, the respondent, California. Now, this case was argued on November 19th, 1974, and decided on June 30th, 1975. The court case was a 6-3 decision, so it wasn't an even type thing. It was more of a very strongly agreed or disagreed, because I'm not going to tell you what happens in the case until later, type case. So hopping into the facts, Ferretta requested to represent himself in the Superior Court of Los Angeles County. Now, this was in his case of grand theft charges. The initial judge accepted his request, but then later decided to call Ferretta in for questioning on his request. And so they asked him questions about his knowledge of hearsay rule, um, other court procedures. Basically, they just wanted to see if he was well enough informed to be representing himself. And based on his answers, the judge had found that Ferretta was not able to waive his right intelligently and knowingly to counsel. Now, this is very important. Ferretta was then found guilty. The California Court of Appeals affirmed this decision and the California Supreme Court denied review. Now basically what this means is that the decision was final. They said this how it is type stuff, right? So the reason why this came up, the question that was before the court is can a defendant be denied pro se and be forcefully represented 
Because that's what happened to Ferretta. He didn't want counsel. He said no. They approved it because you can't deny somebody the right to represent themselves. And then went back on that and forced him to have somebody represent him. Now, is that the reason why he was found guilty in the case? We'll never know. But, you know, there is some leeway to question that there. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Let me give you some key terms to define here. So, we're going to start with the first one and then get into the second one later when it comes up. Pro se is a Latin word um, for one's own behalf. It basically means that you're opting out of legal representation and representing yourself. Now, you can see this happen in cases like a, a well-known case, the Jeffrey Dahmer case. He was a law student, so he represented himself, you know? Actually, you know, don't quote me on that. That may have been another serial killer. But that's not the point. Way off topic. Um, representing yourself is a right. Because you have a right to counsel and therefore you have a right to deny counsel. If that makes sense. So, the question before the court, like we talked about, was whether or not you could be denied pro se and be forcefully represented. So, here's what happened in the case. The court held that a defendant cannot be denied pro se and forced to have a counsel. So, six out of the nine judges decided that this defendant, or any defendant for that matter, cannot be denied Pro se. Um, Justice Stewart wrote the majority opinion, and in his findings, he wrote that he found that the questioning done by the California judge was irrelevant to the competency of Ferretta to voluntarily waive his right to counsel. Let's go back. I had said before that the judge in California had found that Ferretta, because he didn't know this knowledge, was not intelligently and knowingly waiving his right to counsel. So let's look at this. Justice Stewart says that it's irrelevant. Hearsay rules, the knowledge of court, it's irrelevant. Why? When a person wants to represent themselves, they may have some background in the law. They may, but they also may not. And it is not your job to ensure that competent people are representing themselves. If they don't know when to call misconduct in the courtroom or any of the little pieces that's on them that's just how the court functions it is not your responsibility to ensure that this person is getting 
proper defense. It is just your responsibility to offer proper defense. So carrying on. Competency in and of itself, in this case, didn't really mean anything about the court. Ferretta was competent. He had no medical disabilities. He had nothing that could make him unable to make this decision himself. And therefore, he was competent. So knowledge was null and void, basically. Chief Justice Berger, 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 I don't know how to say his name, dissented. If you aren't too sure what these words mean, if you go back to the second video that I did, first or second podcast episode, I defined all of these court terms. But he dissented, stating that the Constitution says nothing about a right to self-representation. Justice Blackman and Justice Reinquist joined in the dissent. Uh, Blackman writing a secondary dissenting opinion. Something you'll notice is that when justices join in on the dissent, they don't always write an additional opinion. The only reason for that would be if their opinion differs from the first person's dissent but they still are saying the same thing, uh, just a different way or maybe with different key facts. Blackman uh, wrote in his dissent that the Sixth Amendment does not outline the right to self-representation and that if it was a right, it would lead to procedural confusion and result in the courthouse becoming a mockery of the judicial process. Now, you may be wondering, oh wait, like, you just said that pro se is a right. I did say that. It is a right. But it's not explicitly written. It's an opportunity, I guess, is a more profound way of saying it. But Justice, Justice, Jesus, Justice Blackman did prove a very valid point. Going on to our second key term, what's the Sixth Amendment? So the Sixth Amendment is rights of criminal procedures. So basically this is speedy and public trial, right to be tried by an impartial jury, right to be informed of the charges against you, um, the right to confront and call witnesses, and the right to an attorney. Now, like I said, very similar to the Fifth Amendment, where you have the right to say, I'm not saying anything uh, without my lawyer or whatever. The Sixth Amendment doesn't explicitly say you have the right to represent yourself. All it says is you have the right to an attorney. So where was Blackman going with that? Well, where he says 
it would result in procedural confusion and result in the courthouse becoming a mockery of the judicial process. He does have a valid point. When you allow people the opportunity to represent themselves and they're not competent or they're not wanting to paint themselves in a judicial light, they would rather cause a scene and make the court all about them, that's when you come upon the problem here. The court would be disorganized because this person would not know what to do or say, but you also can't deny them the ability to if they're capable. So, he also says that the right to self-representation would not benefit the accused. This is true because some people, you know, some people, they be crazy. They just want to represent themselves and do whatever. And so when they do that and they're found guilty because they weren't able to plead their case properly, it then becomes, well, I didn't have an attorney, so I can't be blamed or I can't be held responsible for what I did in court. This looks like I need a retrial, right? It doesn't benefit them. So when I think about pro se and when I think about what's being said with this case, it's one of those damned if you do damned if you don't type situations. If you represent yourself, let's say you're an amazing like person, you know so much about the law, you know so much about your own case because you've looked into it and you gathered your evidence and you're ready and you represent yourself and it works for you, amazing. But then there's all these other people that try to represent themselves because they don't like lawyers, they want to do it themselves, it's all about them, or they just want to cause a scene in the courthouse, those people, when they're found guilty, it becomes an entire thing where the court has to fill out appeal after appeal after appeal that aren't going to go anywhere because this person chose to represent themselves when they weren't ready or they couldn't have been ready. Justice Berger and Rehnquist joined Justice Blackman in his dissent. So, that's the case. What would you do? As a justice in this case, what would you find? 
As I had said before, the court held that the defendant cannot be denied pro se and forced to have counsel. So that the majority found. But do you kind of agree with the dissenting opinions? Let me know what you think. I find this case super interesting. And it's because policy in and of itself is so controversial. It's so easy to see both sides. And in a case like this, especially when you're talking about pro se and the right to, you know, not have counsel, the, the right to deny your own rights. How do you feel about that? I don't know. But I look forward to seeing what you all think. And again, this has been Ferretta v. California, 422 U.S. 806, decided 1975. And I look forward to making more episodes for you all. Um, I have a lot more time on my hands now that it's summer, so we'll see where this thing goes. Let me know if there are any cases that you want to hear me do or anything that you find interesting that I could probably find a case on or maybe just a case that you're going over in class. I know this coming semester I'm going to have so many case briefings, so... Look forward to that and I'll see y'all later. Bye!